My favorite J.K. Rowling thing was when she said that before the invention of plumbing, wizards just sat on the floor. Oh, yeah. That was my favorite one. The perfect world. (laughs) And then they just disappeared the poopy. (laughs) My question is, what happens when you fuck up the poopy spell? Oh, no, that'd be awful, tee-hee, (laughs) tee-hee. Are you ready? Funny! Whatever. Be happy. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Funny Papers, a show where three thirty-somethings share a collective psychosis about the classic '90s cartoon show. Doug, I'm Mike, and with me are my friend Sam. Nobody wants your shitty bike, Doug. <laughs> and Jim. In this episode, Doug is a good guy with a gun. Today we cover episode forty-eight. Part 1 of Doug. In all episodes after the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts. In episode 48, part 1's title is Doug Ripped Off. Does not get ripped off. Does not get ripped off. <laughs> yeah. And this episode should be called Doug the Victim. <laughs> Doug's Victim Complex. Yeah. Yes. Oh, no. It's also the one episode that has punctuation in it. It says Doug ripped off exclamation point to let you know how serious this one is. It's funny because we were talking before the episode that, like, you immediately know what happened. To this episode. <laughs> yeah. I just remember watching this as a kid and even being like, oh, come on. I know nobody stole that bike. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and also, does this episode take place over the course of one day or like a couple hours? Like, well, yeah, it's supposed to, but the cops reply immediately. So that's like a shaky evidence there. Yeah, I don't know. Like, we, I feel like this one, we definitely know what happens, like, from moment one. Like, the the tension is nowhere for the audience, right? But it takes, it must take place over, like, a very short amount of time, too. Mm -hmm, Yeah. I don't know, man, because his parents are gone the entire time, ostensibly doing the thing, right? We see that, but uh, Doug's parents being out and about is not new. I guess. It's kind of new for season four. They've been more present than they ever were before. But bullshit. <laughs> where's your parents, kid? Same place they always are. Somewhere off screen. Yeah. <laughs> like, one of the things that I find very interesting about this episode is that it's almost good. It's like, close. Thank God it's not. But this is easily a top five Doug episode in just pure functions as an episode of a children's TV show. It still absolutely horribly face plants at the end, but... (laughs) Yeah, there's, like, theoretically character growth in this one, right? Yeah, there's a solid 90% of this episode is, okay, we have a moral in mind and we're going to teach it to you. Right. This also has an accurate portrayal of cops when you have something stolen from you. (laughs) Yes, which is a, you know what? High fives to them. I would not have anticipated that. It also has an accurate portrayal of uh, Doug's downward spiral that he will inevitably take later in his life, and also an accurate portrayal of Dink currently. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's me, Doug. I am your future. There yeah. is no escaping this. <laughs> there is no escape in your panic room that you live in now. Yeah. Because you saw a black guy outside once. Oh my god, kind of. The difference between uh, me and your future, Douglas, is I have a wife. (laughs) 
Oh my god. Well, this so so this episode opens up on a shot of a book that is titled Memories, right? Uh, Doug is looking through a photo album, ostensibly, of memories, except it is completely empty for half of the book, right? Like, he flips through to, like, the middle of the book, and we see, like, shots of the opening pages. They are all empty, right? Memories get to be made. <laughs> yeah, that for some reason is in the front of the book. Right. Every once in a while, I have to consult the tome into which our family was cursed. This <laughs> lets us know what the past was today. For some reason, all the pages with a Thursday on them are blank. Oh, except for shit. a strange image. Maybe oh, it's fuck. like Japanese manga and it goes from right to left. No, but he reads it from left to right, though. For well, like, he the... can't read. So. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's anime. Doug's All right, yeah, now. this is obviously... Well, we know that because there's been multiple baseball episodes, so we know Doug is anime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, so it is... So he reads this through this memories book, uh, and the, the picture that he settles on about halfway through is a picture of a younger Doug being given a bike by his parents in, like, their old house in Bloodsburg. How could I ever forget the day I got my first bike? It was all sparkly and shiny. The coolest bike in the neighborhood. <laughs> but Doug is like, it starts to fade because it goes to him later having to pump up a flat tire. A picture in the memory book of Doug pumping a flat tire by himself. From this, we know that Judy did start taking these photos just to own her little brother. Right. Because, yeah, the first one is taken by Judy because it's Doug and his parents. So Judy must have taken the picture. And then the next one is Doug pumping up the flat tire with no help. So it must be Judy. And then the next one is everyone having fun at the bike, like dirt bike track in the town. Like all of his friends having fun and Doug just sitting off to the side because his bike sucks. So it must be Judy just be like, hey, <laughs> 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 yeah everybody's popping off in this picture and then doug is just like he biffs his hand across the across the memory uh book and knocks like a glass of pink juice all over the whole thing well here's the thing though there's no <laughs> glass he just goops from his hand no there's yeah, a there's... glass it's to the left we can see it at the beginning there's a I'm, glass of pink juice i'm looking at it right now okay good there's there is no glass of pink juice. It totally is. It's when he's opening the book. When so he's opening, was there when it opened, and then it's the glass ceased to exist when oh, Doug passed his hand over. You're it. saying when he passes the hand over, then the glass disappears. Vinny Vidi Vici. Oh shit! So, and I was wondering about that because it's a very strange motion that he's making. Like the glass was on the left side of the book, and then he passes his hand over across the left side open palm so i'm like what the hell is he doing <laughs> like he's gooping this the is book. the ritual by which doug erases memories of the past oh. this is how he evaded todd the god he destroyed all memory of thursday in order to never have to encounter him again oh shit and that's why the most of the pages are empty because he's already cast his magic spell on them and this time he's fucking up the reagents my yes. theory is 
is that every time he opens this book, he spills some like treat on it, and that's why <laughs> all the pictures in the front are gone is because they've been ruined by Doug's treats. So I think there is something to the idea that this is what he's doing is inherently magical because at the end of this episode, the pictures are animated, right? Like the pictures have a life of their own. And so I think he is doing some sort of sorcery. They stole here. this book from the most boring annex of Hogwarts. Maybe. Or it just came from maybe it came from the magic store. And that's why Memories is written in like a cursive, which Doug can't write in. There's a special <laughs> trick if you make it to the end of the book. <laughs> the special trick is your house burns down. <laughs> and you get trapped inside this fantasy realm of the book. Seriously, we've had a hard time moving this one. You want it, kid? <laughs> I'll take it. Here's 50 bucks. It's free. Here's 50 bucks. <laughs> well, Skeeter comes in, and, and right as Doug has spilled all this crap on it, and Skeeter knocks on the door and says it's time to ride bikes. And Doug is like, I wish I had a cool bike like you, Skeeter. My bike's so lame, I'm thinking about hiring somebody to steal it. Who did it? Who did it? Who did it? Relax, man. Who did what? Who stole my bike? Hate it when that happens. Indeed. The thing that 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 Doug almost he tried to will it into existence. He said that someone I want someone to steal my bike, and oh no, someone must have stolen my bike. So once again, Doug is willing something into existence. And we cut to the title card and come back. And Doug goes to the phone in order to dial 5-9 to call the emergency operator of Bluffington. He doesn't call the police, right? He calls the operator. He calls the cops before he calls his parents. <laughs> but he doesn't, even, he doesn't even call the cops. He calls the operator of Bluffington. Well, he gets the operator to get the cops. But he doesn't, though. He says, should I call the police? And then the right. operator sends the police without permission. The, the point is he calls for authority before he calls his parents to see what's going on. I mean, how would he call his parents? They don't have cell phones. Yeah. I mean, where, I, who knows where they are? Also, last time he called the hotel, they just told him to fuck off. <laughs> right. He probably tried to, he probably called the hotel by dialing 5-9, the operator from the town, and asking for where's my parents. And they called the police. Or he called his parents first and uh, got the same thing he's gotten every time he's tried to get a hold of his parents while they were at the hotel. Fuck off, son. We're working on getting you dirt bike. Oh, no. Not again. Oh, no. Also, this time it, they were talking about the other kind. But, you know. Of course. Of course. Well, he says that his bike is stolen and the operator asks for his address, and then the police immediately show up at Doug's house. Inaccurate. The least accurate part about this uh, this episode. Yeah, they show up seven hours later, if you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, the part where they show up immediately, that's not accurate. But the stuff they do, that is 100% accurate, including the part where... The one guy who doesn't say anything just quietly starts groping everything in the house and then steals some of it. I mean, he is the one white guy in the town. <laughs> so they Doug's do show white. up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Doug is white, oh, so they show up at his house talking, immediately. I you're calling the cop white. No, he's not. But they, they show up at his house immediately. <laughs> 
And they they say that uh, they ask for a report of what's going on. And also their lips don't move when they do that. They're fucking like demon cops. I don't know. Maybe they're <gasps> ventriloquists. Of course. And Doug says that his parents are out shopping when they ask for where his parents are. So that's right. I mean, this is the moment when we're like, okay, we know what's going on here, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> They say, they ask him, they say, how much was the bike? And he's like, at least 150 bucks. And then Porkchop like chokes at this. I don't right. know what it's supposed to represent here. Yeah, is he, is he's like, Is he like, is Porkchop being like, he's lying to the authorities about how much his bike is worth? I think so. I think he's like, there's no fucking way that thing's worth 150 <laughs> bucks. Right? Like, quit quit snitching, Porkchop. <laughs> Porkchop, this is our chance to get a better bike or to make money off of it. Oh, well, the cop, er, the cop is talking about how a professional thief would, wouldn't have stolen this bike. He would have stolen something better, right? Like, this bike is trash. And the other cop is just, like, fucking around in the background. He's, like, playing with a fishing pole. He's, like fucking around with a garage door opener and he's getting ready to plant drugs (laughs) yeah he's he's trying to steal a basketball like at one point (laughs) um the other cop is just fucking around and pork chop is the one that has to call the cop on like dude stop playing with the garage door opener right uh that's a bad move by pork chop given (laughs) given cops history of dogs yeah one you're trying to tell a cop not to do something two you're a dog this uh this ends with you shot pork chop i want to be entirely clear here Actually, yeah, because the way he does tell the cop to stop fucking around is he growls at the cop. Ah, <laughs> uh, like, officer involved shooting. <laughs> oh, God. Officer in trouble, bam, bam. <laughs> I tactically answer saying the canine unit at negative .5 feet, and then I unloaded 12 shots into it. <laughs> God. And then he sends Doug a bill. Yep. <laughs> no. Well, uh, the cop starts telling Doug, the one who's taking the report, not the one who's shorting, shooting Porkchop, uh, the one who's, who's taking a report is like, My guess is it was just some kid, maybe about your age. But I know all the kids around here. Maybe you don't know them as well as you think. Fermenting paranoia within the local community, also <laughs> accurate. Oh my God. Yeah, probably it was one of your little friends who did it, and we're not going to do shit about this, so uh, distrust and hate your friends. Anyway, see ya. Yeah, they say uh, distrust your friends, and then the one who, the cop who's been fucking around with stuff, throws a basketball behind his head, and we hear a crash sound, so he's just wrecking Doug's house. <laughs> The cops would immediately go to, like, the local news, like, station and report, like, an uptick in property theft in the area. <laughs> oh, and then ask for a higher budget. Yes, absolutely. Yep. This is why we need two tanks. <laughs> but you know Tippy's gonna give it to him. Yeah, it's after she finishes repairing the roads. <laughs> Aha, finishes, yes. That's the one thing libertarians will find for some reason. Even though it should be the thing they like the least. Even though it is literally the military arm of the local state, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, like, there's a famous essay by, uh, like, one of the big libertarian thinkers that features the line, 
The cops must be unleashed and allowed to administer instant punishment. Whoa. Where will they chase the bums? Who cares? Oh my god. And if you're out there and you're a libertarian that has an opposing viewpoint, I don't care. Shut up. <laughs> we have covered this don't on talk this podcast. We have we have covered that point on this podcast. <laughs> yes. Stop listening. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, so the cops, uh, they leave and they tell Doug that they'll have a report in a week. And when asked if that means they'll catch the guy in a week, they'll be like, nah. Now your bike's gone, dude. Fuck you. You're out of luck. Goodbye. (laughs) I doubt we'll get it back. What? No clues, no leads, no evidence. Son, your bike is long gone. Have a nice day. I remember when I was like at a wedding that somebody that I was with had their phone stolen and they had like find your iPhone on and they went to the cops and the cops wouldn't go get it for her. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. They're just like, oh, we can't do anything about it. Oh, well. Cops are here to do something and that thing is not work for you, kids. Hey, give me your garage door opener. (laughs) Anyway, so... Skeeter is is trying to show empathy to Doug. He says, hey, man, that sucks, Doug. I know just how you feel. And then Doug goes into a fantasy of how fucked it is that Skeeter is trying to show him sympathy. I will say this one is also, one, it establishes very well how... It is how you feel in a moment like that, but you also understand as an adult this is being kind of shitty because each of the three fantasies is Doug as somebody who is horribly deprived, lost, and alone being told by somebody who does not have the problem, I understand how you feel. You know what? I get it. That's kind of a kick in the ass. I mean, but okay. This is a direct look into Doug's soul. But, like, here's the thing. Like... Sure, in this moment, someone hasn't stolen Skeeter's exact bike. But maybe Skeeter has gone through this in the past, right? Maybe Skeeter has lost something. Maybe somebody has actually stolen something from Skeeter. Yeah, no, it's Doug Doug absolutely being like... Yes. Like, he's not recognizing empathy here. Right. He's not recognizing the attempt at anything. He's just being like, this person has no clue the pain that I'm going through. Right. Because he imagines, he imagines that Skeeter is being actively hostile in this in this situation. He's yeah, like almost fun of him. Yeah, he imagines first. He imagines uh, being in a blizzard with Skeeter while Doug is naked and Skeeter is like bundled up in a full parka. Then he imagines being fucking chained to a wall in a castle while Skeeter the nobility eats a, like a feast in front of him while oh, Doug yeah. has nothing. Oh my god. Oh yeah. <laughs> fucking love it. I love saying this and thinking about this. I'm not hard. Of course. Because this is like, I mean, Doug is just like, oh no, you give me some food, please, Skeeter. He's like begging Skeeter in this one specifically, too. Like, this oh, god, is the can one. Can I have a chicken wing, please? Oh my god. I'll just eat your trash, Skeeter. If you're good, Doug. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if this was our favorite writer, but no, no, it's it is not. It's not. Uh, and then the last one is this one is strange to me because it is Doug getting beat up in a boxing ring, like presumably by another professional boxer, while Skeeter is sitting off to the side in a suit surrounded by babes. 
this is a look into the future, except uh, Doug is not a boxer. He's instead getting beat up at a bar. <laughs> it's, it's just Doug after getting in an argument about like taxes or something right. at a bar. Yeah, he's <laughs> screaming about how the income tax he has to pay on the drinks is uh, theft. And then- <laughs> Uh, one of the owners of the bar just punches him in the mouth. Right, he's he's saying that uh, that that since the the bartender didn't immediately contend to his needs, that he's gonna not leave a tip, <laughs> and he's getting <laughs> beat up. And Skeeter is just surrounded by babes. Yeah, Skeeter's in a polycule with seven women. He's like, sorry, buddy. He's like, I, I know, know how I you. I know how you feel. <laughs> Skeeter is actually getting eaten alive by income tax because unlike Doug, he's making money. Oh, no. Well, so Doug says that he feels completely alone. And he's he, they go to the dirt bike stunt park that exists in Bluffington. That has like, has like ramps and shit that the kids are going off of. Uh, and he's sitting there watching them with Porkchop while everybody else is having fun. Which, I mean, okay, it is a little bit weird if he's hanging out with Skeeter and he's like, hey, let's go to the dirt bike track, idiot. <laughs> like, immediately <laughs> I'm going to do some tricks in front of you. <laughs> right. He's like, I, I, you know, I'm going there anyway, so see ya, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, it's not like, he couldn't be like, hey, you know, let me ride your bike. Like, Doug's like, hey, can I ride your bike? And Skeeter's like, mmm, mmm. I just got it it waxed, Doug. Right. And so he says he feels alone, and he starts to think about, what if it was one of them? What if one of them stole my shitty bike? Live a lonely, sheltered life. Plotting, scheming. Yes. And while Doug is thinking about which one of his friends must have fucking betrayed him, which one of them is the awful asshole, uh, they come up to him and say, hey, we're going to go to the Honker Burger, and then just burn off and leave him in the dust. If all these kids have cool bikes of their own, why would they steal your shitty bike, Doug? Well, we go into that in the next yeah. scene. Because... They, the kids are talking about in the Honkerberg. We get there eventually. Like, they eventually stop and wait for Doug to catch up uh, after like a mile. And they, they start talking about how weird it is that someone stole Doug's shitty fucking bike instead of a TV or something. And Doug starts talking about how his bike actually rocked. And also, wait, and also there's this weird bit about how Chalky's like, Look on the bright side, Doug. At least they didn't steal your brain, like in Zombie Beach Party. (laughs) (laughs) What were they all laughing at? Uh (laughs) Huh? And everybody fucking loves it. Like, are they trying to say that Doug's brain is also out of date and shitty, just like his bike? I think it's just a total non sequitur. Yeah, also the fact that everybody else in the audience just loses their shit at this. Like, it's the funniest thing they've ever heard. Maybe he imagines the sequence. Because it's so so fucking weird that one, he said that, and two, everyone finds it funny. Well, I mean, everybody finds, like, weird movie references very funny in this universe. Like, when BB is talking about, remember when she talked about the dog in the dog microwave movie? And she's like, remember the dog? (laughs) Ha ha ha! And everybody's like, yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know. And everyone also, it's weird that everyone talks about how they're going to take the bike to like the chop shop or whatever. It just, that's so, it's so bizarre. Well, the reason for that is because Doug is like, wait, how did Connie get all this money when Connie buys fries for Doug? Fries. Like Connie, <laughs> Connie shows up, buys fries for Doug, and Doug is like, how did she get enough money for that? And like imagines Connie having a chop shop where she wears leather biker gear. <laughs> Like, Doug imagines that the friends who are being nice to him, that are hanging out with him, that are waiting for him to go to the Honker Burger and then buying him food are, like, secretly plotting against him? Yeah, no one would ever do that. To get a shitty bike that they don't need. For example, there's no way either me or Sam are currently plotting to kill Mike and take the podcast from him. What would we have to gain? (laughs) We all own this podcast. We're all together. Yeah, You would literally gain nothing. That's right. Oh, all right. <laughs> all right, whatever. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're not doing that, Jim. Yeah, it's a good thing that that's not happening. Agreed. Well, uh, but but then, hey, at least then you'd have to buy me fries. Yes. Like Connie Buy does. you fries. I don't actually like fries. <laughs> How do you not I'm like sorry. fries? I don't like, because po- I don't like potatoes. Oh, okay, Lord. never mind. I'm justified in my plans now. No, we know this. We've discussed this about how, like, I don't like potatoes, even though they're the most nothing food possible, and you just put butter in it, and I'm like, ew. They're the most delicious food possible when you fry them. But what yeah. about pizza? <laughs> it's harder to make a pizza than it is to make a good potato thing. What about yeah. you go to Domino's? That's cost more money than a potato. What if you go to McDonald's and get fries? Yeah, and they're gross. <laughs> I mean, I think you mean delicious and have literal addictive chemicals in them up until 1994. Wait, yep. really? Yes. What chemicals do they have in it them? Was some. It was, I don't know what it was called. It, was, it might have been a carcinogen, too. It's a weird food additive that was mildly addictive. It was, no it way. Yeah, people literally have, like, I know people that have cravings for McDonald's fries before, like, 1994. What, it, like, they, they have cravings for the specific 1994 version? Yes, the, the older <laughs> fries. Whoa, can they get them? <laughs> no, you can't. Do they, do they need to go to McDonald's rehab? <laughs> I mean, it's probably not crippling addiction. <laughs> Does it have a play place at McDonald's rehab? Yeah, you do. You do group therapy in the ball pit. Yes. Oh fuck yeah! Welcome to Ronald McDonald's therapy land. <laughs> it's great. This is where we've been storing Grimace until he gets the weight problem under control. It's <laughs> Doctor McCheese, not Mary. <laughs> yeah, they got Doctor McCheese and they got the fry nurses. God damn it. Whatever the methadone version of fries is. Yes. That's why the fry kids went away. It's because they were made sentient by the addictive additive. Look, it and sounds And without like... it, they returned to merely being humble French ed fries. I guess that's why also the Hamburglar needs to steal them, is because they contain illegal additives. And he's like, give them... Maybe the... Wait, maybe the Hamburglar was a good guy, and he's like, give me that shit, because it's bad. The Hamburglar is like the Batman of the McDonald's cinematic universe. Like, yeah, he's yeah. Uh, actually doing it all for the right reasons, but... Uh, the oppressive government is hiding the truth. He's uh, the first victim of the McDonald's version of the opioid crisis. <laughs> ah. God. He's the hero we need. 
Well, I'm so yeah, happy w- that they canceled doing the horny Hamburglar because that would have been really, really disgusting. Canceled? He still lives on. <laughs> In our hearts, yes. In my image folder, am I right? <laughs> yes, I agree. Sounds like I'm justified in disliking French fries. <laughs> no. No. Anyway, well, Doug imagines that the only way that Connie could have afforded fries for Doug, she also doesn't have extra fries. This is like the fries that came with her burger and drink combo, right? Why would a girl show me any kind of affection? This must be a plot against me. She must be super rich in order to give me the fries that came with her burger. He imagines that she wears like... Like leather biker gear and like oh, has yeah. a chop shop. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> and she counts money out of it. This episode is delivering me. <laughs> You'd imagine that your average teenage boy thinking about this would consider it the hottest thing fucking imaginable. Being given fries? Yes, and also part of the reason why she has the money is because she's involved in a criminal ring. Oh, true. And wears leather gear. Yeah, fucking mm-hmm. rules. Well, Doug is like, man, it could have been any of these people. They know so much about stealing because they start talking about, like, how the person could have, like, you know, sold off the bike. Yeah, Skeeter says it's like a quick operation or something like that, which is a very, <laughs> it was a very weird thing that he said. Yeah, I mean, he does. He says that he knows it from the movies, but this, that's probably an excuse because Skeeter, we know, is you know sinister. A genius, has, right? <laughs> and so Doug imagines he he goes into a fantasy of every kid in the school breaking into his garage in order to steal his bike, and they're all wearing like. You know, it's the robber gear and Patty has to like beat up Skeeter in order to be first in line. And they like make a fucking line outside of his garage to like get in there to steal his bike, right? I got here first, losers. All right, Roger. Hand over the bike and nobody gets hurt. Chucky! Nobody gets out until I get the bike. Not so fast, BB. The bike is mine. (laughs) Give me the bike. Or everybody gets it. Yeah, imagine being so self-absorbed that all crime has to revolve around you in your imagination. (laughs) And that every kid in your entire school was secretly jealous of your shitty bike. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Like they all had their sick dirt bikes that Doug was jealous of, but really everybody else was actually jealous of Doug's bike, right? We were all plotting to do this, but we weren't coordinating it. We were all individually trying to harm you for some reason. Yes. And so because of this, because Doug imagines that everyone out there must have it in for him secretly, uh, Doug makes a list of everything that he's ever loaned to anybody in order to get it back. (sighs) (laughs) And the list is he has loaned Patty a soccer ball. He has loaned Chalky a comic book. He has loaned BB a pencil. He has loaned Skeeter some gum. (laughs) They takes out Skeeter's mouth. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> he needs it back, you see, in order to keep it safe. I gotta put it in my chamber. 
Well, it's probably he loaned Skeeter the gum that he had been chewing already, and he had to loan it to Skeeter, and Skeeter will give it back to him later after he's done. Just don't put it in my hand, put it in my mouth. (laughs) That's probably what they do. They spit it back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) And he loaned a flashlight to Alan Moose Leach. He loaned a Beats tape to Ned, who was one of his bullies. (laughs) Yeah, just because you're being bullied by a guy doesn't mean that you don't give him things when he asks for them. Maybe that didn't get loaned. Maybe he stole that from him, and Doug just justifies that in his head that he loaned it. Right. (laughs) He loaned a Smash Adams decoder to Mr. Dink, and he loaned a Quail Man belt to Porkchop. Which is just one of his belts. <laughs> okay. That's You're not weird. allowed to be my sidekick anymore. Yes. And we go through a sequence of Doug going through and forcibly taking all of that back from everybody. And the only one we get to see is the Sleeches. Because he goes to the Sleeches' house and finds them welding in their bedroom <laughs> while popping off about the heat of a thousand suns. Yeah, this is good, right, and proper, and exactly what I do when I jerk off. (laughs) And they're making, like, a submarine, it looks like. Like, they're making something. They're making some kind of thing that looks like a a pod that could be attached to something else. Some kind of sided car. And when Doug busts in there, even though they fucking, they tell him that he could have been blinded without eye protection, he busts in there anywhere, and we can literally see Doug's bike in here. Uh-huh. It is, it is in his shot, next to an engine block. Maybe Doug actually did get blinded by the, the heat of a thousand suns or <laughs> He must have been. Also, an engine block is stupidly heavy, and this is on the second floor of a residential housing. Like, this is... What the fuck has this thing been reinforced with? Didn't did they must have Science. multiple engine blocks because they already gave Doug an engine block to take the recycling plant that one time, remember? They have yeah. to power their machines. Oh, maybe maybe it's a generator. Y- you don't power a fucking welding torch with a gas engine. That's not how that works. Yes, you do. Oh, right, you're right, my bad. Maybe they were powering the hot glue gun that they used after they're done welding. <laughs> the motorized hot glue gun, yes. Yeah, but it's it's absurd to me that in they're literally, bi- Doug's bike is here, right? Mm, you can see it. Because Doug was looking directly into the welding torch as Moo was going to town on it, and so he yeah. is, in fact, blind now. And maybe he's only focused on the flashlight, too. He's like, I came here for the flashlight. I can't look at anything else. I have a goal in mind to take my flashlight, right? It's a good thing I have no peripheral vision. (laughs) Well, we know that. He's oblivious as shit all the time. And so he takes the flashlight. They give him the flashlight. And then now Doug is locking everything into his closet in his bedroom, including everything else that's in his room. Except for the flashlight. That is still on his shelf. He's got to stay in the dark. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because he's got to put all his light bulbs in the, fl- in the yeah, room. He does, and he's got to turn the lights off so nobody thinks he's home. Oh, that way he'll catch him. He'll be able to turn the flashlight on and say, what are you doing uh-huh. here, mister? Yeah. And then they'll shoot him. <laughs> and, then, and then he'll call the police and they'll say, we can't do anything. 
<laughs> we just gotta catch the bad guy in the act. Maybe he also doesn't put his gun in the closet. <laughs> oh, man. Well, he locks everything into his bedroom closet and puts a do not steal sign on it. Also, in the, you remember he's got the do not open box that he is in his closet? Maybe he's, maybe he's also, maybe he took that out of the closet in order, because that thing already shouldn't have been opened or stolen. That's where the gun is. Oh, maybe. Well, we know that that's, we, we postulated that that was actually Phil's secret stash, so maybe that's Phil's secret gun. Mm, oh no (laughs) well it's locked up in this room now and doug starts to imagine about how it might not actually be as secure as he thinks because he imagines going to sleep and then a guy with green skin breaks into his window and Hmm. tries (laughs) who could it be and he tries to drill into doug's closet while he sleeps we really haven't seen much of Roger this season, huh? Yeah. No. And you'd think, well, Roger was at the Honker Burger when everybody was popping off about how sick yeah. it was that Doug got his stuff stolen. No lines, though, so you know it's yeah. not him. It's also very weird that Doug doesn't immediately jump to, hey, it must have been Roger, right? Yeah, it's a first. He's Wait a minute, you didn't... What about the fucking... Remember the bumper stickers race episode where he immediately jumped to that it must have been Roger who stole the bumpers? Yeah. Uh-huh. And now he, Doug is aware that ever since Roger was split off from Skeeter as a result of the Halloween Hell adventure, he's just not been the same. He yeah. occasionally demands blood, but that appears to be it. Yeah. It's weird. He doesn't imagine in any of the scenes, he doesn't imagine Roger doing it. Like... I don't even, is he even in, yeah, he, I guess he is in the fantasy of everybody breaking into his garage, but so is literally everybody, and he's the least sinister out of anybody. Huh. But regardless, he imagines in this fantasy, he imagines a guy drilling into his closet, notably not the thermal drill. (laughs) You gotta go get it. Yeah, he's gotta go get it, and he doesn't have it. But that doesn't work, so he tries to blow it up. And then he just bulldoze. He drives a bulldozer in to steal it, even though Doug lives on the second floor of his house. Sure. And so, but so Doug is like, "All right, I need more security." And he goes to Mister Dink's fucking bomb shelter. And here we go to the compound. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. This is your indication that Mister Dink, as of present day, Mister um, Dink is not in a great place. Mr. Dink lives in, like, uh, under the desert of Nevada <laughs> nowadays, right? He probably lives in the middle of Montana somewhere. Right, yeah. but, like, underground. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, he's he's definitely a prepper. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He's a big time. I'm really surprised we didn't see a bunch of, like, canned food in this bomb shelter. Yeah, where are the guns? <laughs> um, well, maybe, yeah. okay, maybe, maybe we've been in this bomb shelter before, right? We've been in this once when, like, Patty came over to, like, it was where Doug was building his, like, secret drive drag race car right uh-huh uh so maybe there's a basement level to this maybe this is just like the the reception area of his bomb shelter and he's got multiple stories <laughs> that's gotta be it right because this isn't like why else would you have this little dome paranoia <laughs> right but like he if he's that paranoid he must have a basement level you'd think well does is there a door in this like area because i don't remember i don't think there is and so it must be behind them there must be like an elevator or a staircase that, like a trap door that goes down into a basement bomb shelter yeah it's you got to put in the password to get into the panic room right and the password is very expensive and dink goes damn it how did everyone know <laughs> 
<laughs> the password. Either that or I miss my wife, dude. <laughs> the password is blue tippy. <laughs> oh, heresy. Yes. Oh, my God. Well, uh, so Doug goes over to Mr. Dink, and Mr. Dink in his bomb shelter, he says that he owns more security devices than Fort Knox. Probably true. Oh, yeah. certainly. Doug is like, I want to be totally safe. He like, he like gets kind of crazy here. He's like, I want to be oh, totally yeah. safe. He goes full Gollum about it. It's surprisingly <laughs> good. Yeah, this is definitely a look into Doug's future. Wait a minute. What exactly are you looking for? I want to be totally safe. I have to give the show props because they are, in fact, hammering on a fairly solid point. Doug is becoming paranoid and vengeful. Doug is becoming a, so, the kind of person who does become obsessed with security and existing in a perfect fortress where he will never have to interact with another person he might not trust. He's training himself to be able to recite crime statistics to strangers. <laughs> yep. I mean, we also definitely like very early in the on in the podcast, we we called out we were like, Dink is definitely a police scanner guy, right? Oh, yeah. absolutely. He was listening in. He was probably peeking out the shutters when uh, the police were at Doug's house, being like, "I knew it." Yeah, Dink is probably one of the people I told to not message me, the, the libertarians that hate cops. <laughs> God. The libertarians that uh, hate cops would also really, really like the thought of there being somebody who can, uh, like, they hate the thought of cops being able to do anything to them. Right. Cops doing they, anything to other people. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Let's do right, that. Right. They, they love the idea of them being the cops. Yes. Right. The free, the free market is awesome as long as it doesn't apply to me. Once it applies to me, it's tyranny. How yes. many guns do we think Dink has? And how many of them has he tried to give to Doug before Phil is like, uh. <laughs> he has one gun for every citizen of Bluffington. Yeah, it's <laughs> their name on it. Dink, as of the start of Doug, I don't think Dink had any guns, but a Democrat has been president for uh, over a year now. Dink currently has a small armory and is looking to scale up. Yeah, that's probably why. Like, so we know in this that he's got more security devices now, right? Because in the last episode that we saw this bunker in that like wacky races episode, uh, he had like a camera and he had like number he had like a you know like a lock on the door mm -hmm. but he didn't have all of these security devices so i think he's recently upgraded right oh yeah uh -huh. dink has he's never dink not has upgrading <laughs> right and so he tells doug all of the different things he has he has computerized locks which he had before he has closed circuit tv which he had before but now he also has a laser alarm system, which he turns on and shows that there are lasers all over his property. He has bulletproof glass windows. And he has steel-reinforced concrete walls. Huh. He lives in a fucking bunker, right? Yeah. And Doug is like, yes, I want all of those. I want all of them. <laughs> I need all these things. I want my room to be a fortress. I want to know everything that happens in it all the time. I want to be totally safe from everybody. <laughs> I trust no one. Douglas, are you insane? Which is weird, right? Because Dink has all of these things. Yeah, Dink, you've already built all this stuff. Are like, are you looking at a kid who's thinking like you are, being like, 
oh, now that I hear somebody else say this, it sounds kind of weird. Or maybe he's like, have you come to my level? Do you see now, Doug? <laughs> Do you see what you've been missing this entire time? This is my thesis. All existence itself is the expensive thing. Eventually we must perform the austerity. Not everyone can afford to pay, Doug. Have you too been poisoned by clarity? <laughs> he says, you finally ready, Doug. He closes all the shutters on the windows. He turns on the red light in this place. And then he opens up like a, uh, a cabinet in the floor that rises out. And it shows the scene of the video evidence of when Mayor Bluff had his brother assassinated. <laughs> The cabinet rises up, and it's blue tippy. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but it's blue tippy. And it's because of colloidal silver. It's he's got vials of colloidal silver. It's time for you to join us, Doug. Yeah, and we know that 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 Dink and Tippy are in on the fact that there is like the bluff conspiracy in the town, yes. right? The bluff conspiracy of that they killed one of Dink's uh, family, family members. members, and he's like, he's like, "You're ready, Doug," and he hands Doug a gun with his name on it that has a picture of Mister Bluff and Bob White on alternating bullets. <laughs> in the magazine jesus christ i was just talking about my bike mr dink oh and then oh. he and then he turns the switch and all the stuff disappears the lights turn back on he's like oh yuck never mind it was a joke <laughs> it was a joke i was just i was just joking about killing the president <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's a joke it's a joke and he's like uh not actionable he, douglas not actionable. yeah not actionable he like flips a switch and the uh like the 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 electronic countermeasures that have been like keeping the the, the basement away from like broadcasting any signals like go away and he's like the police scanner turns back on now that it gets reception <laughs> oh god and Doug's like, so anyway, can you hook me up with those lasers? Can I have a gun, Mr. Dink? <laughs> Mr. Dink's like, no, not anymore. Not after you know our secrets. But anyway, so the laser alarm goes off in uh, Dink's house. And Dink is like, whatever, it's just a squirrel or something. I don't pay attention to it anymore. And he just turns it off. That, I mean, that should have been a gag. But they just blow right past it without any timing whatsoever. Right. They blow right past the fact that he, like, doesn't care about his he security doesn't pay system. pay attention to any yeah. security. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a real thing. Like, alarm fatigue occurs. And it's right. why, if you have something like this, either you learn to ignore it or you become a absolutely paranoid, jumping at shadows all the time weirdo. Again, decent moment. Like, establishing that... Yes, this is a thing you can do. You probably shouldn't. Right. But it turns out that, what do you know, they've caught an actual crook on the, uh, on the laser alarm because Doug looks at the TV and he sees that Al and Moose Leech are riding a bike. Oh my God, it's my bike, he says. And Doug fucking bursts out the door and he chases him down on foot. are doomed <laughs> finally he's cracked they say finally that, uh, that sidecar must really slow down the bike if doug catch one foot yeah <laughs> right? serious on the other hand they are the sleech brothers how much how much leg strength do you think those kids have 
And I guess we did see them, like, making it out of, like, steel <laughs> and stuff. They were, like, <laughs> welding it together out of corrugated steel. I was like, brother, the exertion is, is killing me. Brother, I can't go on, brother. Yes. So anyway, they chase that. Doug chases after him. And he fucking diving grabs after it and and stops the bike by himself he like he uses his we know that doug has like monster strength when he gets mad and he stops the bike and skids along the ground and the sleet just fucking fly off of it you creeps you stole my bike no insane doug i mean they are creeps we can't really dispute that right but it turns out they have just purchased it from a thrift store. And Doug is like, beat it before I call the cops again and shakes his fist and they run off screaming because he wants to assault them. He has assaulted them, technically. He's also stolen yeah. their property. That's true. Yeah, he's he stole their shit and also, uh, you know, threw them off the bike. I And it's funny, he could have just been like, what thrift store? And then they would have been like, oh, we'll show you. <laughs> Oh, well, <laughs> Doug is full of too much rage. Right, and bike lust. Right, yeah. And so then he just hugs the bike, and he says that they've mutilated it and are such monsters. And I think he somehow takes the sidecar off at this point, because it doesn't show up anymore after this. <laughs> this is weird. Yeah, I'm not sure what the deal is here. They couldn't afford to keep the sidecar as NASA. Right, yeah. <laughs> It was too cool. Right. Uh, but the par- then eventually Doug's parents pull up, which this is the reason why I have to ask, how long has this episode been going for, right? Because his parents have been gone all day. They've been gone shopping all day, right? Mm-hmm. He's gone several places today. <laughs> yeah. Doug was hanging out looking through his memory book, then went to the garage with Skeeter, then went to the park, then went to the Honker Burger, then made a list of all of his possessions, then went and got all of his possessions, then locked them up, and then went to Mr. Dink's place, right? Like, this has been hours, if not days, right? Yeah, this is to ride around that they, he couldn't ask his parents. Yeah, right. his parents have to be gone, otherwise the episode doesn't work. Right. The idea that the cops answered two separate calls about bike theft in a single day is so fucking hilarious. <laughs> well, we know that the cops are owned by the bluffs, right? And we know that this is a super small town. And also, wait, we don't see Fitz Prison here, so maybe... Fitz Prison, the private security guard for the Bluffs, maybe these two are, well, do we think that these cops are owned by the Bluffs? They must be, right? Well, I want to just point out really quick that the cops in this universe drive the same car that Homer Simpson designed in The Simpsons. (laughs) Okay. But do we think that they're owned by the Bluffs? I have no idea. There's not, I mean, there's here for so little time, but there's no way to tell. All right. Well, Doug's parents pull up. After Doug is hugging his bike and they say, oh, hey, Doug, we have a surprise for you. It's a bike. (laughs) It was on sale. Happy early Christmas. I'm glad we threw away your your one mode of transportation first before we got the new bike. And didn't tell you. (laughs) Uh They were just like, surprise, we, we recycled it, they say, by giving it to a thrift store. That's not, never mind. 
uh, whatever. I mean, yeah, it's not. Recycling. It's, it's, not, not recycling. it's also it's also funny that they make him go to like the Honker Burger in the first episode on his bike. Yes. Yeah, like, that's getting, right. We're getting revved through one way to get the Honker Burger on time. Right. And also, they know that he uses it like all day, every day. And they're just like, let's get rid of it without telling him. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, <laughs> like if they had any planning at all, they could have made this work. But they didn't. But then the episode wouldn't work. So, yeah. Maybe. Okay, maybe here's the way this is going to work. Maybe they sold the bike to a secondhand store because they needed the money real bad because Phil had gambling debts. And then they were like, wait, all right, one more time, let it ride. And they threw it on the roulette table again. And they were like, oh, oh, shit, we actually won. All right, all right, let's go buy Doug a new bike. (laughs) Maybe that's the way this thing is going. But anyway, it's happy new Christmas, Doug. Here's your bike. And then the Sleeches pull up in a police car and point at Doug, and they're like, he's a dangerous criminal because he stole our bike. Arrest this man. Yeah, and then they do. (laughs) (laughs) And and his parents take pictures of it. Yeah, so, yeah, they show up. The cops show up to arrest Doug, and and they're like, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Funny, your kids stole these guys' bike, and then the parents are like, is this true, mister? And then they're like, before Doug can explain, Porkshop takes a picture of Doug getting arrested. Our little boy's first felony. I'm so proud. <laughs> oh my god, finally! By this time, Judy had knocked over two local governments. <laughs> That's where she is right now. <laughs> Judy's the one who killed Mr. Dink's son. <laughs> Well, apparently, uh, and wait, it's very weird that like mom and dad then get mad at Doug for thinking that that was his bike, even though they were like, just now they were like, oh yeah, your bike, we took care of it, right? Like Doug obviously didn't know that his bike was missing and he Uh thinks that he found it, but now they get mad at him for it, right? Uh Uh-huh. Sure. They fucking dunk on him and then punish him for getting dunked on. <laughs> they do. They ground him for not for thinking that the bike just went missing and whatever. And assaulting the sleeches. Right. Well, that that too, I guess. This reminds me of that guy in college that took our video game systems to teach us a lesson yeah. and and was like and was like, why don't you guys just go play pick up basketball? <laughs> <laughs> while while we were contacting the authorities. Yes. Yeah, while I had already called the police, he was like, oh, I took them to teach you a lesson that gaming is bad. <laughs> anyway, so Doug gets grounded for a week, and he says, it, he says, it serves me right. How could I have suspected? <laughs> and once I explained everything to mom and dad, they didn't do much. Just grounded me for a week. Well, anyway, I guess it serves me right. How could I have suspected my friends of stealing from me? Thank <laughs> you, sir. He's like, I deserve this. God. <laughs> well, Doug says he deserves it. And then he looks at the picture that was just taken by Porkchop of himself that he has put in the memory book. He has put the picture of him getting arrested in the memory book. <laughs> so concludes the saga of me wanting a bike. The moral is clear, journal. Never want anything. And then the memory book 
turns the page itself. Like, Doug is not looking at this memory book. He turn, It turns the page itself, and now the picture in the memory book of Doug writing in his journal animates. It starts writing, then says, Good night, pork chop, and then he puts the journal in his desk and then locks, this is all the picture doing this, the picture in the journal, putting the journal in the desk and then locking a million doors on Doug's bedroom door and it still has the crazy padlocked closet. And then the book closes by itself. So I think this book is like a view into a grim future, right? It's like a, it's like a looking glass of how things could have and possibly should have been. Yes, maybe the entirety of Doug has happened inside this book. Well, we know that's not true because the first half of it is blank. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's exactly how much of Doug exists in my memory right now. Well, that's good. That was the stated objective of this yeah, podcast. It's, wor- it's working. Yeah, the memory book is like if this was a conceit they used elsewhere, this might be, you know, anything. But they already have the journal. Right. <laughs> yeah. So the memory right. book is Somebody must have seen some cartoon that they wanted to copy that did this. Why wasn't he putting the pictures in his journal? Because <laughs> then it wouldn't be a memory book. Yeah, no, okay. Dumb. Journals for writing. Oh, Dumbass. yeah. I also think it's very weird that if he, in this memory book picture, if he'd locked up all his possessions in the closet, the one thing he didn't lock up is his most valuable possession, the journal. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, what do you think the moral is? There's always a benign explanation. It's that your parents are awful. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the fucked up part of it. But the moral that they were going for for the first ninety percent of the episode that was actually pretty good was you should not allow loss to turn you into a paranoid nutcase. You yeah. should be. It is possible to accept a bad thing has happened to you and not allow it to transform you into somebody who turns on your friends and exists in constant fear. Right. That would have been a good moral, but it would have required something to change and for a bad thing to have happened to Doug, and that will not be accepted. Right. To, like, trust your friends over your own paranoia or something? Yes. Yeah. I think this one also really makes me remember the episode of, uh, you remember when, oh no, your friends don't actually hate you, they're all just throwing a party for you. Very much the same thing at play, because, okay, (laughs) we're setting up for something that does happen and you have to learn to live with. Nope, don't learn to live with it, everything's fine forever. Actually, everyone was just buying you a present. (laughs) God... All right, well, fair enough. This one is pretty reminiscent of a lot of previous episodes, so I guess we should just cut this one here. (gasps) Thanks for joining us, everybody, on another episode of The Funny Papers. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. I take it back. Doug, I want your shitty bike. In the Disney episodes, the cops just kill everyone involved.